All right, good morning. It's good to see you. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Um, scripture is up already. Uh, don't bring it up yet. <laughs> well, I, uh, let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for this morning. We pray you will guide my conversation that to bring glory to you. I pray that everyone that is here will be blessed as they listen to your word. And I pray that your son will be exalted as we share the message. We pray for the Sunday school as well, that you will bless the children, bless the teachers, that the kids will be instructed in the way of the Lord. Lord, you know we have diverse faces, diverse needs. And so we pray you will speak to us where we are at. We know that your word is powerful and it can meet all needs. So Lord, we pray you minister to everyone according to their needs. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Thanksgiving, a time to give thanks. Very strange for me because this Thanksgiving came, I didn't even know when it arrived. Normally, I know that Thanksgiving is around the corner, but part of it is because I'm getting older. Uh, the other part might be because I've been home for a while, so the days are blending, so Thanksgiving just arrived, and I said, oh, Thanksgiving. It's here already. And so it's good that we are here to at least share a few thoughts together. My message this morning is very simple and straightforward. It's titled, Jesus, the Ultimate Reason for Thanksgiving. I'm sure we can thank God for many things. If you are healthy, you thank God for good health. If you live in Canada, for the most part, you have food. There are many places where people don't. You can thank God that there is no hurricane in Nova Scotia, so we don't have to scramble, and that um, we are alive. So there are many reasons to give thanks to God. And you can thank God for family, for loved ones. But when it comes down to it, the ultimate reason for giving thanks is the Lord Jesus Christ. He makes the difference in our lives. And so I want to focus this morning on a few thoughts on, uh, not I just, uh, uh, I will, uh, along those lines, but slightly. And so I begin from. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Now you can put up 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul is talking about generous givers, people that give and uh, give to the work of the Lord, that share. And he's talking about the fact that God blesses them and God will reward them. And then at the end of that chapter, 
He says something that seems to be out of place. If you read the chapter and you are, you know, kind of systematic in the way you are reading, you will see that this verse comes up. It says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. It's almost like it comes to that point where he thinks of the great giver, God himself, and the great gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. The gift that cannot be described. And so, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. Romans chapter 7. You can put that one up as well. Here, the great apostle is uh, wrestling with the power and the presence of sin in his life, the old man. And so, he says this, as we read in Romans chapter 7 verse 21. I'm going to read a few scriptures and you know for the most part God's word is quick, is powerful, he speaks. Far better than my words. So Paul says, I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I enjoy, I joyfully concord with the law of God in the inner man. Keep going. But I see a different law in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. I like the new King James Version, but I was handed the new American Standard because the new King James wouldn't show about, so we enjoy this. I like the way it says, oh, wretched man. So let's go with the new American that says, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death. Then he adds this word. Thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. O wretched man that I am. Who will set me free? And he finds that there is only one person that would set him free. From the body of sin. The Lord Jesus Christ. He says thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other hand, with my flesh, the law of sin. And if we keep going to chapter 8, it begins by saying, There is therefore now no condemnation. Jesus Christ, the ultimate reason for thanks. When your sins are forgiven because someone chose to die for you, you have a perpetual reason to give thanks. Let's keep going. Let's read a, a few more. And then we will zoom down on four points that I will make very quickly this morning. Now, let's go to First Corinthians chapter 15. You don't mind put it up for us, First Corinthians chapter 15. We read verse 1 to 
2, and then we will skip to verse 50. Now, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you receive, in which also you stand, by which you also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Verse 2. Do we have that? Oh, that's all I have? Okay, verse 3 is actually where I was, what I was looking for, but I have 1 and 2. It says, For what I received, I pass to you as of first importance. I'm reading from the NIV. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to save us. And then the twelve. So the gospel is this, that Jesus died for our sins. And someone will say, what's the big deal about sin? It's the biggest bad deal because it ultimately leads to death. And you cannot be delivered from death except unless your sins have been taken care of. Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and then he was raised on the third day. I was actually thinking of singing that one day song around this time because it carries the message. One day he died, he rose, and then he justified us freely is coming. But you know the the people that led the music felt that you need to hear it early and, and then take it in and think about that that Jesus died for your sins. Friends, that's the good news. Because the world is on a downward spiral because of sin. But we are upward bound because Jesus died for our sins. And so that's the good news. That's why we say thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now let's add a little bit of thanks in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 50. Now I say to these brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. That's in terms of physical death. Not all of us will. But we will all be changed. Who are they all? It is the brethren. Keep that in mind. We will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. So if you have aches and pains and your body feel like it's decaying, there's good news. 
change is coming. And change will come when Jesus comes. You'll be changed. If you've lost loved ones that have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is good news. Because change is also coming. There will be change. Keep going. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal would have put on immortality, then will come the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Keep going. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. You see, the law and sin leads, when you disobey the law and you are sinful, ultimately you are doomed to die. But we are back. Look at the great but. But, but, thanks be to God. Who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ, the ultimate reason for, for thanksgiving. And so he encourages believers. I says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. For those of you that the Lord grants grace to preach on the street, keep going, never in vain. For those that lead rejoice, keep going, never in vain. For those that, you know, in whatever capacity you can be a blessing to the brethren, it is never wasted, never in vain. It is the, one of the greatest investments that you can have in life. And so Jesus Christ is the ultimate reason for thanksgiving. But I recognize that sometimes our hearts ache and difficulties do show up. And we wonder, is God still around? The truth is that Jesus still remains the ultimate reason for thanksgiving. And I'm going to have four points as I give my message. Jesus Christ asks us to believe in a person. And he asks us to believe in a place. And he asks us to believe in a promise and in a plan. Four points. Let's read that chapter that showed up earlier on. John chapter 14. Do not let your heart be troubled. In the midst, in our midst today, there are people with heavy hearts because probably not feeling well physically or emotionally or for one reason or the other. So Jesus was saying this to the disciples. Or because you don't have a job. That's possible. Or you've been not treated well. Regardless of what is giving you heavy heart, this message applies. That's why I said Jesus is the ultimate reason for thanksgiving. Keep that in mind. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Believed in God, believe also in me. 
in my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. Keep going. Let's read through. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? And Jesus had said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That entire conversation is wrapped around one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. The ultimate reason for thanksgiving. Now the context of this passage is that the disciples had spent three years or three years plus with the Lord Jesus Christ and he was on the way to the cross to be crucified. He was telling them that he's going to die and he's going to leave them. And so they were worried. They were anxious because Peter, James, and John had left their profession. They were fishermen and they had, you know, put their stock, if you like, their life on the Lord Jesus Christ. All these other people, like Matthew, left his tax collection business and then became a disciple. And just when they, th- they thought that things were going great and things were looking good, the Lord announced, I am leaving shortly. Peter said, you are not going anywhere. The Lord said, really? Peter, tonight, before the cock crows three times, will deny that you ever knew me. And after the Lord said that, and disciples were all gloom and doom, he introduced the message, let not your heart be troubled. That's when he introduced the message. And so he said something that was revolutionary, at least to the Jew, when he said, believe in God. Can we go back to my, the beginning of this? He said, believe in God, believe also in me. To a Jew, it was okay to believe in God because there is only one God. That's who you are supposed to believe in. But to add, believe also in me, he was making a profound statement that he is God. And so Jesus asked them to believe in a person, the person being himself, to, if you like, hang their heart. I think that's the Canadian term. To put their trust, the whole weight of their confidence in him. That's what he asked them to do while they were still anxious and uncertain about the future. So he asked them to believe in him. And friends, note that by this time he had not yet gone to the cross to die for their sins. Note that at this time he had not yet resurrected from the dead. So all of these events that we know happened had not yet happened. 
but he asked them to believe in him. And I want to encourage you to believe and trust in him as well. Why? Uh, we'll be back to this passage, but did I give you Colossians? Okay. Colossians chapter 1. I started from 15. I should have started from 12. Where he said, joyfully give thanks to the Lord who has qualified us. But we can start from 15. Why should we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. You might not be familiar with this passage, but I want you to note one word that runs through this passage. The word all, 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 all. And the all refers to a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, or his acts. For by him, the Lord Jesus, all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Believe in God, believe also in me. Keep going, please. He is the Lord Jesus before all things. And in him, all things hold together. That will include you, that will include me, that will include all things. All means all. He is also the head of the body, the church, and is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that in himself will come to have first place in everything. Keep going. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile how many things? All things to himself having made peace through the blood of his cross through him. I say whether things on earth or things in heaven and also you, you were formerly alienated and hostile in your mind and engage in evil deeds. Yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. I'm not a blameless person. I don't see myself as any of those terms. But because of Christ, that's the way I'm going to be presented to God. Jesus, the ultimate reason for thanksgiving. So he asked us to believe in a person. That's himself. Can we go back to John? Believe also in me. In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. He asks us to believe in a place. Ultimately, when it's all said and done, this is where we are going, if you are a believer. Heaven. And Jesus said, he's going there to prepare a place. For who? For believers. That will be you and me. So he asks us to believe 
in a place. I don't know what your circumstances, whether you're anxious like the disciples or not, but this is a promise that you can hang on to. That the end is going to be better than the beginning. That regardless of where you are in the path of life or in the struggles of life, the best is yet to come. And that is because of a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, we can think of heaven as home that is preparing for us. We can think of it as a place. But Jesus refers to it as my father's house. That's a good phrase. His father's house. And he's preparing it for us. And <clears throat> think of home. I have to tell my story a little bit just so that I can lighten it up. This is the place where my song would have come in. Um, that's why I was looking at your list because a song will have to come in. <clears throat> For most of my life, I tend to work. I've been, I've been working most of my life. And I, I usually look forward to going home. I'm sure if you are like me, you are probably in the same category. I'm one of those that long to go home. I don't, I have to say, I don't long to go to work. I'm not yearning. No, just, I'm just missing it. No. I'm not one of those. There are people like that, I know, that I, you know, just, they can't wait. I'm actually in the opposite category. I can't wait for five o'clock, I can't wait for four o'clock, I can't wait for Friday when there will be long weekend to be home. And it's not because the house is big or any of those, but it's because of the people that are in the home. Because of the relationship that we have within the home. So some run away from home because of maybe the lack of relationship at home. I long to go home. And usually you're wondering, says he's going home, you want, what is he going to do? Not much other than hang around the same people and then just find it cool. I know, have fun with the same people. And so there's a longing in our heart, at least most people, to be home. Regardless of what the home looks like. The structure doesn't matter. But just the people matter. And so when he says, my father's house are many dwelling places, if you're not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. Give, give me the next verse. <coughs> if I go and prepare a place for you, he asks us to believe in a promise. I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. I'm sure some will say, oh, when we get to heaven, we'll walk 
on the street of gold. I'd like to suggest to you that heaven will be a great place because of Jesus Christ. His presence will be what makes the difference to be with him. He says, I will come again and receive you to myself. Friends, that's a promise. Not yet fulfilled, but it's going to happen. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? For the sting of death is sin, and the power of the grave is the law. But thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ. So he's coming again to receive us to himself. That's a promise. So regardless of your ache, your pain, whether it's physical or not physical, there is reason for thanksgiving if you are a child of God. Like I told you, Jesus is the ultimate reason for thanksgiving. He asks us to believe in him. He asks us to believe in a place. And he asks us to believe in a promise. And finally, he asks us to believe in a plan. So he says this, and you know the way where I'm going. But someone said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? And Jesus makes a statement that is not politically correct. A statement that most would not like to hear, but he says this. Let's read. Jesus said to him, I am the way. And the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father but through me. Only one way to God. It only goes through one person. That's the only way. No one comes to the Father but through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I don't speak a whole lot of English because I speak another language. But when I hear the word there, instead of a, it means there. That means there's only one way, not a way. When I hear the word there, truth, that means there's only one truth, not many truths. And when I hear the life, it means there's only one life. So this is the plan. He knew he was going to the cross and he was going to die for our sins. And that if you put your trust in him, you are on the way to the Father. And so he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Friends, Jesus is the ultimate reason for thanksgiving. That's why all I've done this morning is to take you to scriptures that says, thanks be to God for Jesus Christ. And so if you don't have any reason to thank God, this is the ultimate reason. So everybody can have a great thanksgiving if you are a child of God because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Regardless of your circumstance or your situation, you can be thankful for him. And so I'm trusting in your anxiety or lack thereof that you remember that Jesus is always near and is always present, and is the reason for thanksgiving. Sam, I'm looking for a song. I was told that a good sermon has to end with a song. 
and I've been looking through your list. Um, how about Ferris, Lord Jesus? Is that in your list? Yep. Good. So we're going to pray, and we are going to sing, and we are going to have a wonderful Thanksgiving because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep in mind he's there, and he will give you grace. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We pray that we will have a wonderful time because of your son. In spite of our struggles and our issues, that we will put Jesus first and we will see that he gives us joy and strength. We pray for non-believers that don't know your son, that they may come to know him and make him the Lord of their lives. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's sing Ferris, Lord Jesus, and then we will close. Standing as you are able. <laughs>